Hello, everyone. This is Rick with the CyberPro Podcast. Industry leaders share their insights. Five questions in about nine minutes because hackers never sleep. Let's get to it. Question number one, Mike, who are you and what do you do? Hello. Yes, my name is Mike Kurnow. Um, I'm the husband to my amazing wife, the daddy to my adorable kids, uh, personal exercise and food service provider to my cats and dogs, and uh, that weird neighbor that tells you to remove your labels on your shipping packages and we toss them out. Uh, so dur during the day, um, I'm an industrial control system, cybersecurity operations architect, and it sounds like a bit of a mouthful, but it's essentially, uh, uh, I work on creating cybersecurity architecture for projects that are in the critical infrastructure and civil engineering space. Um, and at night, I'm Batman. No, I'm kidding. Um, but uh, even better than Batman, uh, I do uh, have a, um, uh, a Nest Corp that I run, uh, Defiant Networks Incorporated. We have uh, built an entirely new suite of internet networking protocols, and we're working to create the next generation of internet. Um, and I, on, besides that, I, I write white papers, technical papers. Um, I do some public speaking sometimes. Uh, not as much in the past couple of years, um, not just because the whole situation going on, but uh, I've been working at different projects that, you know, more like long-term stuff. Um, I guess uh, I'm, I like to refer to myself as someone who's a professional, uh, like outsider, you know, like out of man out kind of thing. Uh, I don't necessarily stick in, in one space or community or something, but I kind of move around trying to solve problems in different areas and uh if what i have is good enough people take to it and uh disseminate it and talk about it so um but yeah that's kind of who i am in a, in a nutshell and a whole lot of what you do which is really cool i love the i love the fact that you're tackling something so simple as as a new internet protocol i mean there's nothing big big deal about that right uh, <laughs> yeah i mean the the way that things work now a lot of things aren't bad but are done poorly and so what we've built is a way to not reinvent the wheel but ensure that uh zero trust networking at every single point of contact is built in right from the get-go um but uh yeah it's it's uh, it's an undertaking and it's probably the best thing i've ever worked on that's awesome. Why do you love being a cyber professional? So the first, um, the first uh, thing I would say on that is I like not really as much for like industry or career reasons or anything like that, but the fact that I've got um, you know skill set, expertise, know how, and experience to have. A direct hand in keeping the system safe that my family's going to use. Um, I think on, on my LinkedIn profile, I would say something like, uh, "I do this so that my kids don't get squished." <laughs> um, I think that is, you know, um, for me, that's the main impetus in, in what I do and the main driver. But a lot of really awesome things come from that, though, too, in the intern. Because uh, secondly, I have a hard time trying to. Uh, name really many other fields that have 
such a collection of like aha epiphany moments as you do in technology and cybersecurity. Um, I mean, if you know how, you can literally make your own stuff, you know, uh, whether it be, you know, uh, like tool sets that you use or it be just uh, more secure means of communication or even just ideas for new technical specifications and standards um, and, and, and integrating things that already work with each other. I mean, there's really no shortage of, um, use the term technical revelations, I guess, right? Just these things that when they when when they fall into place, you know, by your doing the, the discovery uh, process there, it's uh, immensely gratifying, and I think it's motivating to to want to keep pushing and doing more. Because I mean, the way I see it is that right now we all stand atop of giants, and you know, generations on will be the giants that others stand on, right? So. Um, it, it just, it, it's an amazing field with many disciplines and sub-disciplines and they have their own multiplicity of disciplines and sub-disciplines and, you know, it's not linear, it's, it, uh, you can't get bored here. <laughs> that's, yeah. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. And, and that's a good segue because we kind of chatted about this a little bit beforehand. <clears throat> the world is not bored with cybersecurity. And so we, we see this, this push, this conversation about cybersecurity as a top concern. But what does that actually mean to you? Uh, so what does that mean to me? Um, I think that it's gonna depend on who's saying it, but I think hearing that, when someone says that, I think saying that now, they might be a little bit behind in the game. I think, uh, not true for everyone, but I think to paint a broad brushstroke, it's not too inaccurate because cybersecurity has been a top concern for a long time. It's just the degree in which you address it and apply measures to uh, you know, reduce, mitigate, and, and prevent uh, these kinds of uh, exposures and vulnerabilities. I think uh, that is something that's now being caught up on uh, especially in the past couple of years with uh, migrating from a lot of uh, work from home, opening up a lot more connections to you know, the crown jewels of an organization uh, and also uh, into the critical infrastructure space. Uh, we've seen a lot of operational technology, cyber physical systems, things that have agency in the you know, Euclidean 3D meat space that we all live in. Um, just kind of, you know, going to crap or uh, even just little instances like, uh, you know, attacking a business network can shut down the uh, critical functions of a manufacturing plant or a, a pipeline or um, a water treatment facility, right? I'm using the buzzwords that, you know, uh, the things that have happened recently, the past year and a half or so. Um, so I think, uh, I think we're seeing a kind of, with that question posed, I think the reason it's so big now is because there's been kind of a gross negligence to address these in the past. And what we're seeing is an over compensatory means to bring people in and be like, hey, look, we're addressing this now. We're doing this now. <laughs> Maybe we didn't always do it, but we're doing it now. And uh, yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much what that means to me when I hear it. Uh, it's good. I can't knock anyone for talking about it. But um, 
why now and why not four years ago, you know, or five years ago? They, I random numbers. Sometime before <laughs> two years ago. <laughs> Fair enough. Before the before the the time that didn't happen, right? Before the pandemic. Mike, talk to me about some insights that you'd like to share with our community of, of, of cyber professionals. Uh, I've got a few here. Um, well, not a few. I've got four here. Uh, so the first one is uh, I when I've had when I have people uh, working under me at previous positions, and, and even now, I, I like to preach this idea of always thinking a little bit bigger, and not really so much like um like you know dress for the job you want to have kind of thing but more so the 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 you know the sphere that you're in now um be aware of the stuff that's around it right um uh it's like in the uh in in, in the military there's the concept of you know always be aware of your fives and 25s right the closest five meters within you that's going to be your job set the things relevant to your tradecraft in, in a in a skill sense and the responsibility sense and your 25s are the things that are a bit more, you know, long distance, uh, but they are still going to affect the immediate stuff you do. So like, for example, um, if you're, this can apply, I think, really to anything, but um, I have here, uh, uh, if you are a cybersecurity engineer, an automotive cybersecurity uh, engineer, you're working for an OEM, um, you're typically looking at the vehicle as a whole. You're looking at the CAN bus network, the you know gateways and segmentations, and keeping up with the different uh, you know secure development standards stuff like that. But then also you can say, you know, uh, also be aware of the supply chain, the things that go in the car, how those parts are derived, what kind of standards those have to adhere to. Uh, the automotive space is, is kind of unique in the fact that uh, uh, most OEMs aren't always going to be doing the same thing. Rarely, rarely are, or they are, but they're doing it different ways. Um, but I mean, you can apply that to anything. Like if you're working in the security operations center, uh, you know, if, if you're an analyst who's working either triaging or, or handling triaged uh, events, maybe it would help to also know know what your what your your uh, your you know threat intel specialist does, what your SOC engineers do, because um, that can help you understand certain contexts, that can help you understand things from a, a technical perspective on how to properly, you know, create new queries and, and mappings and things like that. Um, always just, you know, I think expand just a little bit outside of what you do, because that's always going to help you understand the implications of what your wheelhouse is, or what's in your wheelhouse, I should say. Um, second off, uh yes uh cybersecurity is way more than just red team and blue team uh so it's not like the rooster teeth production red versus blue right uh the field itself does have a plethora of subfields with their own disciplines inside and it's amoebic amorphic ever evolving expanding based on the new kinds of technologies and um uh, you know functional uh necessity out there right uh, so yeah, don't be afraid to step outside of your domains every now and again and kind of see what other areas are doing. I, I almost said see what the other side is doing, but that would be antithetical to my earlier statement about false dichotomies. Um, it's more of just a big blob with many blobs inside of it. Um, there's If you Google cybersecurity domain map, there's a really great um, graphical representation of this covering all the different 
areas, uh, governance, education, security, uh, operations, architecture, assessment, things like that. And even that's not the whole picture. It's a really great picture, but even those things have things evolving inside of them. Um, third thing is uh, notes, notes, notes. Uh, take friggin' notes on every single thing you do. Um, I personally like to use Obsidian or MS OneNote, depend depending on what work I'm doing. Um, write down every single thing you do. Who you meet with, what standards you look up, because um, you never know when you're going to actually need that. Um, a little while ago, there was a, a requirement I had to, to meet regarding um, talking about like all the pen tests I've done, or the, the majority of them. And it took me uh, it took me a while because I had to reach out to like three or four different companies to make sure I had all the right info down. Um, and uh, that wasn't fun. So I'm, I don't have that noted somewhere. Um, yeah, you have no idea. You have no idea uh, when you're going to need something. Um, and the last, the last thing I would say for this is uh, an acronym that I like to call RTFS, which is read the friggin' standards. Um, I think, uh, and not not even just like security, like you know uh, NIST or whatever industry standards that, that you, you know you may whoever's listening may have to adhere to, but also. Um, technical documentation, specifications, developer documentation. Um, like there, there was a while ago uh, where I was leading, I was leading a pen test for a financial uh, automation platform, right? Like a FinTech platform. And the, uh, let's say leading, I was more of the manager of that effort. And the, the lead uh, pen tester on that, uh, I let them know that like, hey, I found this, uh, I found this port with this funny XML input. Uh, why don't you look into it? Because he was looking at something else at the time. And um, it's like, I can't find any vulnerabilities on this. I, 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 there's no CVs. I don't know what this is. And then I went, oh, let me just look to see what friggin' software it is. And so I figured out that it was basically just a big batch processor that used XML input. And I read the developer documentation and was able to actually create a batch process to, you know, uh, this is a dev environment, right? So I couldn't really send myself any money, but uh, just create, a, you know, fake jobs to send me money at certain intervals. Um, and that was just because I wasn't looking at it from a security perspective at first, like being an ex-developer, I look at the developer documents too, uh, to kind of, you know, join the two, right? Um, so yeah. Um, Read the standards, whatever you're working on. Don't just look at it from a security side. Look at it, try and look at it from a first principle side. Like learn some of the core components of what that thing is. And then you ought to be able to use that information to supplement your task set, what you have to do with it. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's 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 really it. I had this whole oh. thing about cell networking I was gonna get into, but that's a whole mouthful. <laughs> we, we could come back to that one on another podcast and jump into that mike want to finish with a fun question for you what's your favorite piece of retro technology that makes you smile so for me uh a lot of things that have um that are from the 80s or have 80s aesthetic to it is typically i know it's not a particular item but uh uh i just have this weird nostalgia for a time I never experienced, but it's influenced so much of what I do now. Um, and uh, uh, if I were to pick a particular item, which I think this could be considered retro now, just because it's 2022, um, the Game Boy, the Game Boy Advanced. 
um, because uh, I remember so many nights or many nights where we would take, uh, you know, family vacations from, uh, you know, where we lived in New England down, down, down uh, south here. And uh, I would play, I, I would be playing Pokemon, Pokemon Blue, and I would have to wait for every, I'd have to wait till I hit every street light to see what I was doing, right? <laughs> and I think there was something about that that built character in a way and patience in a way that we don't see now. Um, so I think that's, I, I would say, yeah, I would say the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance. Those are the two things I think had a, um, you know, kind of this random effect on how I do some stuff. Awesome. Mike, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It was awesome to have you. Yeah, it was, uh, it was good being here. I appreciate your time. And hopefully, uh, uh, you know, something I've said is of value and helps someone. So. Awesome. You did it. You made it to the end. Check us out for future podcasts and more content.